podcast you are listening to let it out hosted by me katie Dobo. hi and today i have not one but two guests they are fellow podcast hosts they host one of my favorite podcasts to listen to it's something that i found somewhat recently my friend rose told me about it and i just became completely obsessed with it i love listening so much and the hosts are a delight and you'll get to hear all about them in today's episode it's another long interview, which is what I do here, long interviews with people who I think are funny and interesting and fascinating and kind, and these people are all of those things, and I think you should definitely check out their podcast, but listen to this interview first and and just get to know them as people because they're really fantastic. Stephanie and Elizabeth are the best, and I'm so glad that they did my podcast So first of all, before we get to that interview, we've got a new sponsor. We actually have two sponsors of today's show, but the first sponsor is a new skincare line that I love. It's called Nudu, and they're great. They're natural, of course, and you can actually feel that these products are natural and made with really, really great ingredients. And whenever I use them, it feels like I'm giving myself a mini facial and we talk a lot about self-care in this podcast, and I think skincare is a really great time to do some self-care for yourself. So check out Nudu. They are really, another reason that I would like them so much is they're not one size fits all. They really have products that are specific to your skin type. And my skin has been all over the place and it's always changing, but these products have been really, really great. Another pro about them is that they use really small bottles, so they're great for traveling. And right now, you can get 20% off for just you guys, Let It Out listeners. And when you order, make sure you use the code LETITOUT at checkout because that lets them know that we sent you and it will get you your 20% off. So again, it's spelled N-U-D-U. So they're new to me. I didn't know about them before. So Hopefully they're new to you. I really love the natural beauty system and the eye cream. Highly recommend. Oh, and another cool thing that they have is a 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee. So you literally have nothing to lose. And you also have 20% off. So just so you know, the way it's spelled, again, is N-U-D-U. And it's pronounced Nudu. So go to their website. It's www.nudu.com newdo.com n-u-d-u.com and remember use the code let it out at checkout all right the show is also today brought to you by kiminami past podcast guest her course vaginal kung fu is launching again and here's the thing yoni eggs or jade eggs or they're called lots of different things they're becoming really popular right now so popular in fact that today's guest guests stephanie and elizabeth actually talked about them on a recent episode of their podcast that's so retrograde and goop gwyneth paltrow's 
online magazine talked about them. They're kind of everywhere right now. And a couple, almost two or three years ago, when I had Kimonami on the podcast, we talked about her course, Vaginal Kung Fu, which is really interesting because it actually teaches you how to use a yoni egg and what it is and why they're helpful. And the interesting thing about her is she doesn't sell them on her website. She only sells this course because she thinks it's really important to know how to properly use the egg. So like I said, she doesn't sell it. She only includes them as part of the course because of that reason. And this course is usually only run once a year, but due to the popularity of yoni eggs in general and people just asking her about them all the time and if they can buy them from her, she's deciding to launch the course again this year, like right now. So it's an eight-week course with other women all over the world, and it's really deep. It's really comprehensive. There's educational videos, and it teaches you about your vagina, which, you know, we, we all probably need to know more. I felt like I needed to know more. I'll say that. It includes journaling exercises and meditations and educational videos, and it's honestly really fantastic. I've done it. I did it like two years ago, and you learn these old Taoism practice, you learn about Pilates, you learn about your body in a really interesting way. And also, my assistant and the editor of this podcast, Amanda, has also done it. And we both really had a great experience and revisit the material all the time. So, Kim is actually doing a webinar to answer questions about the course at 5 p.m. Pacific time on June 7th, which is right around the corner from when you're listening. And I think the doors open, or so to speak, to sign up for the class tomorrow. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, tomorrow it will be on the internet. So make sure you use my link to click through if you do want to sign up because that lets her know that I sent you and it's really great. It's a great way to support the podcast. I genuinely love it. And if you want to go back to listen to Kim on her episode of this podcast from just a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, I'll put that link in the show notes as well, and that's a great way to learn more about the course and Kim and her work and her story in general. She's great. I really like that woman, and I really like this course. So again, the sponsors, thank you so much to Kim and Ami's Vaginal Kung Fu. Thank you to New Do, really cool new sponsor. I love their skincare products. Probably going to go put some on right now, and I hope you do too. And thank you so much to Stephanie and Elizabeth. I love them, which you'll hear me. I feel a little bit like fangirly and and gushy in this interview, which is slightly embarrassing, but, you know, we're all friends here, so hopefully that's cool with you guys. And, you know, I really love you guys so much. Thank you, as always, for listening. I think the world of every single one of you, when we talk in the Facebook group, and if you're not in the Facebook group and want to join, the link is in the show notes. It's always a great time. And I... I love all the reviews you're leaving on iTunes. If you haven't left one and you want to help the show, that's always a great way to do it. And share it with a friend. Blast it out of your speakers. I don't know. Just tell someone if it if it has helped you or made you feel less alone or entertained you in any way. I love doing this and I want to keep doing it more and more and more. So stick around till the end of the episode because I'm going to be back to tell you what the emoji is for this week's episode. And I might just give you some more like updates on my life. I'm about to move in a week and... I don't know, I just maybe I'll chat with you more at the end if you're not sick of me talking. <laughs> All right, enjoy this interview. All right, well, thank you again for doing this. I'm super excited. And before we get into everything that you guys 
do and your vision for the future and what you've done to create everything you you guys have created with your podcast. I really have been liking starting my podcast in the present. So what have you two been learning or realizing or just pondering in the last like day or week or maybe even month, but really presently? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. It's so funny. I always quote this RuPaul quote that she says at the end of Drag Race every week for the past however many seasons, nine seasons, of um, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? And mm. I just think that that's such a great quote. And re- very recently, I act- that actually like meant something in my heart and my head. And I realized that that like the relationship with yourself, as we all know, who are on this journey and and seekers, it's such a simple concept, but it, it it reigns so true, and you can't get around it. Yeah, that's such a good one, and one that is so. Every time I think that I can just get a compliment, or like if my boyfriend's really nice to me, but if I'm feeling bad about myself or having like a weird body image day, like nothing will help. It's like you have to do that and find that within yourself, and exactly. yeah. Anytime. And really what sparked this in like I turned a corner with the concept was that I was just feeling annoyed with things, like everything. And then I realized like I really went deep and was like, what is springing all of this stuff? And I was like, oh, it has nothing to do with an outside entity. It's completely what's going on within myself. And then once I could look at that really earnestly, it totally shifted the, my whole relationship with everything else that was seemingly the culprit, which really wasn't at all. Mm. So how are you doing that specifically? How are you, or how do you have any like tools or tips of how you've been shifting that in yourself? I think just witnessing the conversation in your head of first of all, like any annoyance that comes up, right? That like really is self-induced. So once you decide that, okay, and then you realize actually, what's going on within me that is sparking that and then looking at it, having a conversation with the thought instead of accepting the thought as reality. Mm. Where are you with it now? Are you feeling, is it more consistently good? Do you still kind of have ups and downs with it or how? As as, uh, this is a relatively new revelation, but it's so funny to call it a revelation because I feel like it's just like law of humanity, but to like really like resonate with something it's new and it's, it actually has been incredible. Like anything that's come through my little brain is just, I'm having like a softer relationship with it. Mm. Oh, I love that. A softer relationship with it. I feel like that's, I love the way you articulated that. That sounds nice. (laughs) What about you, Steph? What have you been realizing or pondering today or in the last week or month? For me, it's really been about um, recognizing that I'm not defined by what I do or, like, what I accomplish. Any really kind of material manifestation that you could possibly achieve 
sort of in line with what Elizabeth's saying about like inner love, but it's more about like not stressing about what I'm doing to to be like, oh, I'm making my mark or I'm doing this thing. It's more just like you deserve love and you deserve everything just because of like by virtue of who you are, not like by because what you do or what you accomplish or like how you define yourself professionally in the world. Mm, yeah, that's another one that I struggle with too. That's always hard to kind of break down in your mind. How have you been doing that? Or do you have any specific tips or ways that you've been doing that for yourself? I mean, I've definitely been getting like really quiet and I have been cultivating a really strong ritualized morning meditation practice. Um, I'm just kind of like allowing myself to just be more in like the observer state within myself and allowing it to be fluid and not like, oh, cause I, you know, I was a comedian for eight years. So now I have to do everything that a comedian does or like now I do wellness. So I have to be defined, but it's like, it's all one thing. And it's all just like, what, what, what do you care about? What do you feel? Not like, what are you putting out? And like, what does it look like or whatever? Mm, yeah. Well, it's really great that you shared all of that. And yeah. just both both of what both of you shared makes me feel less alone and I relate to a ton, which is like how I feel about everything that you guys share and why me and so many people love your podcast and everything you guys put out in the world. It's really amazing. And I want to ask questions about that and I want to talk about – I have some questions for each of you guys personally and then about the podcast. But I guess a really good place to start would be how did each of you get into wellnessy things? Did you grow up into this sort of thing, or when did it really come into play for you guys? Um, for, this is Stephanie. So for me, um, I kind of came into like a consciousness about, um, let's call it alternative methods of relating to the world and what you put into your body and what you put into your mind, um, kind of at a younger age in high school, because um, I've always had digestive issues. Um, so that was kind of the reason for me where it was like a necessity. Like I started getting acupuncture in like, like 2004 or something like a really long time ago in terms of, as far as like what everyone else I knew was doing like freshman year of college, I would drive to New York and like go see this herbalist and get all these herbs for my stomach problems and like cook this stew and all my friends would be like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, it's literally the only thing that makes it possible for me to do all the normal things that you guys do. And at that time, it was, of course, like, drinking and eating pizza and just being, like, a reckless kid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it came to me because I, I, I needed it. Cool. And then you just kind of kept up with it and it sort of grew? Yeah, like, anything that makes you feel good is something that you want to keep doing. Right. I just kind of became curious and the thing with my stomach turned into another thing and so I had to stop eating gluten for the first time like in 2005 so I just became really aware of all these different like modes of being that were just not introduced to me as like a Jewish Italian girl from New York you know that's just like that wasn't a thing but where everyone else was like eating pasta and red sauce I was like yeah. in the park Hot, doubled over in pain from acid reflux like I just mm. I had to change my ways so once you start seeing that there's other ways of doing things you're just like well what else is there yeah yeah it's kind of a wormhole 
Yeah, I mean, we're still, you know, this is now that's 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, whatever. It's like there's still, it's a never ending path of discovery of traditions and medicine, and then also like yourself and trying things on. And then if they work, do it. If they don't, don't. Maybe they work for a little and just like kind of letting it be an evolution. Yeah, yeah. I relate to that again so much. What about you, Elizabeth? Because I know you, like me, grew up in the Midwest and in Michigan, right? How did this kind of stuff come into your life? It came in a bit later. Um, as with most people, I think there's generally like some type of crisis that, that leads you into looking for other options. And when I was 25, I was fired from a really, see at the time, like this very important job. I used to work for Rachel Zoe. And when I was let go from that company, I was crushed. And as Steph spoke of earlier, when it came to um, being defined by what you did, I learned that lesson. Thank God I learned it at that age. But I, that job defined me. I was so enwrapped in that association and being part of that company. And all of a sudden, I had to figure out who I was outside of that relationship. And it took me down a really beautiful path that started with yoga and um, I ended up going to Costa Rica doing like a life training yoga teacher training course and from then I really couldn't go back to a different way of thinking because of my relationship to self and my relationship to how I was relating to the world was forever changed for the better. Wow. So when you were in that and going through that, did you have an awareness that it was going to end up being a positive thing in your life or at the time did it seem terrible? I actually did. I was crushed, but when we had the actual conversation, I was a bit in shock, but I also had the most serene calm that like washed over my entire body. And in hindsight, that was my my inner guides telling me that this is actually the exactly what was supposed to be happening. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, when you're 25, it's like your first big job. You're, you know, I, we, we launched the Zoe report. I was there for over two years. It was so much, as I said, it was so much wrapped into my identity. I loved what I was doing, but it was like the best gift ever to, to experience that type of professional heartache. It also helped shape, like really my entrepreneurial vision from that because I was like nope never gonna put myself in a situation like that again cool yeah I love that I there's my favorite affirmation which kind of funny that I have one but it's this one I got from Louise Hay where she says um all is well everything is working out for your highest good out of this situation only good will come and I'm safe and she says to say that like at any time where you think something that's happening to you is really terrible because in the moment it can like give you a sense of calm then all we really want to know in our like you know fight or flight part of our brain is to calm down so then that way the universe can like act up and be like I'm gonna take care of this before you just start freaking out and it just reminds me of that like sometimes these terrible situations can actually turn into really great things and it sounds like it did for you. I mean, it was a phenomenal gift, and looking back, what an amazing opportunity is my first big job. Like, you know, like, only kind of self in there. Yeah, 
Yeah, so then how did you two meet? How long have you guys been friends and how did that happen? We met at a party through mutual friends and I think it was about like five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, we always tell this story, but somebody introduced Stephanie to me and said, Stephanie's a stand-up comedian and I just looked at her and I go, I want to write with you one day. Like, oh. so what a random thing to say to somebody is like the yeah. first thing. I like, okay. But I think it was like some type of psychic hit. Because, but we do a podcast which is, you know, like writing except easier. We yeah. also, she yeah, also writes. So I, know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. So, when did you guys, so you, you meet at this party and then do you guys like hang out right away? Do you like schedule a hang time or? It was during the holidays. So, like in LA, like, most people are off vacationing or visiting family. So there, we had like a tight crew of people who are around yeah. during like, I think it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas. And then was, yeah. And um, so we ended up kind of like seeing each other a bunch within like a short period of yeah. time and then became friends from there. Cool. So then from your friendship, when did you know that you wanted to start a podcast and how did That So Retrograde come to be? Well, we just were friends for, like, a while. And then Elizabeth used to have this um, online consignment company called Closet Rich. And at some point, like, two or three years after being friends, we decided that we wanted to make sketches wearing the clothes, incorporating, like, our friend, our, our other friends are comics and kind of make, like, a fashion dick joke collaboration. <laughs> so we made, like, five sketches. That was like our first time working together. Um, and then like a year or two after that, yeah. maybe like a year, a year after, after that, that is when the That's Our Retrograde Opportunity kind of came up. Cool. So how did you guys, were you guys listening to lots of podcasts? When did you know that you wanted to use that medium to talk about these things? <laughs> I've literally never listened to one podcast. Really? That's so funny. Yeah. I was like, what's that? Um, and I, I, I really loved the medium, but I wouldn't say I was too well versed in it. I had like my like few that I went to and entertained myself with, mainly like NPR ones, though nothing too crazy, and just had an opportunity to pitch some concepts, and it kind of went from there. It was just it really happened so serendipitously and. It's like a whole long story, but basically it just kind of like happened. Mm-hmm. And it really was birthed out of the conversations. But, sorry, not to interrupt you, yeah. but I will say that it evolved. Like our initial right. impulse and what we initially wanted to do isn't really what it is now. Right. It was more astrology focused. And then we were like, we don't know anything about astrology. And then <laughs> it really evolved more into like all of the things that Stephanie and I were curious about. We used to just like hang out on my porch and like smoke joints and talk about like Google stuff everything Google everything for like two years yeah and it was really just like a culmination of like those Google searches mm-hmm. <laughs> like what are we curious about oh yeah. I love that maybe because yeah. the things you guys are curious about are also the things I'm curious about so it's nice to hear two funny <laughs> smart people talking about them that's so sweet um, we're also she kind of like smart. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like oh you're talking about dating and guys and like I feel like us and all of our friends had this kind of like 
you know, feeling that we had an evolved understanding of the way things were like supposed to be or the way we wanted them to be. But like, you know, I think that like what you're doing too, it's like to let other people know that they're not alone in the feeling that things are like a little off is also part of like why, like I, you know, was making my living pretty much talking shit about my vagina <laughs> on stage. Like all my jokes were like about dating. <laughs> and so it was like, how can we take that, but take it to like the next level too. And like talk about it in a more like kind, gentle, like way that actually heals it and doesn't just like air it out. We're just yeah. trying to, and air out sex vagina. Yeah, it's really all <laughs> sex life at the end of the day. It's like a steam. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Our podcast is like a V steam for your soul. <laughs> New <Like> tagline. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I think it's, I don't know if I can articulate this well, but for me, I think I love spirituality and wellnessy things and, you know, green juice and all of it as much as the next guy. But I also love comedy and talking about dating and talking about sex and talking about like more not raunchy but more like mainstream things I guess and I think sometimes the spiritual things and the wellnessy things can be so heavy that the intersection of your podcast for me was really like one of my best friends shout out to Rose a couple months ago was like hey haven't you been listening to this podcast it's amazing and I was like oh great like another podcast and then I started listening I was like oh my god this is amazing it's like all of the things I like in one place and the way you guys mesh things together I think makes the barrier to entry for people who maybe aren't in the know about this stuff really great and then people who also love it it gives them a sense of like maybe we cannot take this so seriously and like maybe we can laugh about jade eggs as well as think they're cool you know and that it's like your podcast is really earnest but at the same time you can laugh and make it fun and anyway that's just the way I feel about it and I wanted to tell you it <laughs> is exactly what we hope to project is, is like like all of these a lot of the topics we explore are more on the serious side or more like esoteric or maybe seem out of reach. And like if we can ground them in a relatable conversation and make it fun and digestible, like that's that's what, what we're here for. And to go back to your initial question from the beginning of this conversation to talk about like something else that I'm realizing but I think is like important based on, like, what you just said about spirituality and how, like, kind of serious it can be, is that, like, something that, that I find a little bit disturbing and difficult about, like, the quote-unquote... I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because I'm not even thinking of anyone in particular, but, like, spiritual community or, like, the whole, like, we're doing this thing now, is that, right. like, I really don't think that, like, spirituality or, like, wellness or well-being should be, like, separate from you or your life. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why to be a spiritual person you have to, like, live on a mountaintop. Or, like, to be a healthy person, you have to, like, never go to in and out Like, everything is constantly intersecting and, like, life is spiritual. Like, there's so much connection and, like, magic and just regular shit. So I feel like that's also, like, what I'm realizing is, like, you don't have to look far if you're just, like, really allowing that to be true. You have to look within. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm actually talking about looking outside and, like, putting the pieces together and being like, wow, you know, there's signs and there's all this shit. And, like, that's – there's interconnections and spirituality in, like, the most mundane, everyday 
stuff. Yeah. Like it's not and like we're not better than anyone to realize that. Like in fact, not not at all. Everyone is right there. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. Separation and the divide like really kind of bothers me from both sides. You know, some some people will be like, well, you're doing the spiritual thing, and then the spiritual people, you're doing like the regular thing. It's like we're all just fucking people. Like no one's better than anyone. Relax. Yes, well said. Preach. Yeah, I think it's it's easy for I, this is not my thought. This is like I've heard this before, but I think it's easy to practice spirituality or like meditate in a cave all day. But like the real work is, you know, on the street in New York City or while you're in traffic or handling a work thing or a relationship thing like that's when you're actually like using your tools and that's 100%. when it is needed. Yeah, 100. You're so right. Yeah. So, okay. The podcast is obviously amazing. Obviously I'm your biggest fan. So as podcasters, what do you guys credit your success? I feel like it's grown very quickly and you guys have really done such a great job with what you do. Do you have, you know, advice for fellow podcasts or just, you know, working in this space? I've realized that any any piece of content that resonates with me that I connect with is one that's coming from radical truths. And it's so therapeutic to give yourself permission to just like be open and be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what makes our podcast really fun and to do and also to listen to is that we're just like putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. The good and the ugly. Yes, and I love it. It's such a treat every Friday because it, that really comes through how genuine you guys are. Thank you. Do you, ha- do you. Do you stuff have anything else or do you guys have any other advice for someone wanting to start a podcast? Well, and also I would say just in terms of like, to, I'll answer that question next, but um, what's what's been really amazing and cool is that we kind of see ourselves as like explorers and communicators, initially like explorers and communicators within the wellness space, but like not speaking to people within the space, if that makes sense, initially. And then we've heard like so many people who are like practitioners or luminaries within the space who are like listening and relating and all of that. I think that was a shifting point, at least personally for me to be like, whoa, like, People who are writing about this stuff and who are who we're talking about are listening to this and connecting with it, not just people who are like interested in it. And that to me was like really was a sign of that like we're doing something really special and it, it needed to be continue and be nurtured and really was was like we were on the right path. Yeah. I love that. So you said you had some advice for people wanting to start podcasts. Do either of you have anything else you want to add to that part? Um, well, I think that if you have the desire to start a podcast, then you should follow that impulse. What I, it's funny because for us, it's like, it's not like we set out to exactly have it look exactly like the way that it looks. You know, I think that we were just kind of open to letting it evolve and letting what it needed to be reveal itself to us. And we set up a certain intention and it kind of started to change as we started to be more informed about what needed to happen in like the landscape, so to speak. So 
I feel like that's my first piece of advice is like be open to like letting your idea kind of become its own thing. And then also like this is gonna sound fucked up, but <laughs> little many sentences like that. <laughs> like and this is also me coming from a little bit of like a jaded comedian perspective, so keep that in mind, but like don't start a podcast if you just want to talk to your friends and talk shit. You know what I mean? Like, have a reason for being there that is, like, a little bit more than, like, your own frustration. Unless it, unless you're, like, a super, like, ranty person who everyone's, like, you're hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't think that we really need that many more podcasts, like, just on dating. It's, like, I think it just make it really distilled and clear and, and start with something so specific and then let it reveal itself to you. Does that make sense? No, it really does. And I think while you were talking, I was like, oh, that's like that's why I love your podcast so much. And and hopefully in the interviews that I do, there's a like a I was going to say like a glean of this. I don't even know what that word is. There's like some of that too. You glitter of this. Yeah, I don't even know if that's a term, but we'll go with it. There's a sparkle of this or whatever of I learn something every week, you know, like I genuinely have learned a ton about like a ton of different topics from listening to you guys. And so I think kind of what you're saying there, Steph, is that make your goal to be useful or to be helpful in some way. And yes, it still will be fun for you, the host or the person starting it. But I think if your goal isn't just self-serving, it will probably be people will probably like it. Exactly. And what I say to like anybody who is starting anything that was advice that was given to me when I started my first business was know your why. Write down what your why is because there's going to be moments where you're questioning why the fuck you're doing it. Go back to that why. And it needs to be a why that's like going to give you heart tingles because it like inspires you. And you know what? It will. It can be self-serving. It doesn't need to be like I'm going to change the world with this. Like, that doesn't need to be it. But, like Elizabeth said, like, it can be self-serving for a reason. Like, yeah. you just have to be so specific. I think that's really what's the most important thing about about kind of getting an audience. Because the more specific you are, the more you're likely to, like, connect with people having that same specific experience. And, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, with any piece of content, it's, like, what's your value offering? Like, what is your, as Steph said, like your your perspective? And I think that whatever that is, perspective is great. But like to like go into it knowing that I think being clear with that, like for us, like we want to educate and entertain. Every episode, we want people to learn something, and we want them to laugh. Yeah. Those are like, and if it every single episode needs to fit those two requirements, anything else, it's like anything goes. And that also like, there's plenty of other shit that we could be saying. Trust me, like we could, we could be ranting about so many other things, but we don't. We don't want to waste your time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I could. Well, there are times when we do roses and thorns, and we we talk for so long, and then we're both like, "That was way too long," and nobody fucking cares about that. <laughs> then we like redo it because we're like, "Yeah, we're entertaining to a point." Now I'm just becoming like a harsh. I'm like a, I'm like a harsh critic. I'm like an agent. I'm like, don't be fucking delusional. Like, <laughs> been in LA for too long. No, it's good. So another thing that I'm curious about when it comes to the podcast, what is it like 
working because, you know, this is really fun for you guys, but it's also, you know, probably some days feels like work. What is it like working with a friend or a best friend? How do you guys transition? It seems like you do it really easily because I hear about, you know, when you guys hang out outside of the podcast, but how do you transition from work to friendship and how has that been working with a friend? Well, I'll say that like that was, I think, my biggest trepidation when we had the opportunity to do this was like Stephanie, my relationship with Stephanie is such like a a primary importance in my life that I was nervous. That's so sweet. To like, I was like, I don't want to fuck with that. Like that's it's very precious to me. And I, but I also thought like, you know, if anybody is going to do this with me, it's Stephanie. It has to be Stephanie. And that's the thing. Like I respect and trust her as a partner and as an, as like a communicator, like she impresses me on a, on a consistent basis. And yes, there's been a lot of work that's had to go into like figuring out how to work with each other. Like we have pretty much done couples counseling, <laughs> but for, for a business relationship because we do, we are different and we do approach things differently and it's a lot of trial and error. And like, I think that we're at a point now where we, Sure, we have our moments, but, like, we're really good at communicating with each other. Mm -hmm. And also, like, we'll call each other and we'll talk about work for a second. And then we'll be like, okay, but not work for a second. We got to talk about something else. And, like, today, like, I was having, like, a thing and I called her and it was, like, about that. And then I was like, okay. And then we, like, went through it and she gave me the best advice. And it was, like, a total beautiful friendship moment. And then I was like, okay, so what do we have going on today? You know, it's like we're really good at flip-flopping, I Mm -hmm. know. And it's really special. Like, it's not lost on me whatsoever how unique and how special our our working relationship is because Mm -hmm. I do hang out with her when we're not working Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like I wouldn't have it any other way yeah like same with like Elizabeth was running a business and that's not something that I was doing and so like she said like she was impressed with me and (laughs) Um, underline that. Underline that part. Make sure everyone hears that. Um, <laughs> I was the same with her where I was like, wow, she's like such a fucking boss and she like gets shit done. And, and I would never, I would not want, I would not, there's been other people in my life that have asked me to do partnership things with them and I've entertained it and kind of like thought about it and we've come up with some interesting ideas, but I've been like, no, like I, I just don't think you're the person that I would like it's you really have to like know that you're going in on it with someone who like you trust who has like different strengths than you who is like willing to communicate and be open and like we've grown so much together in this process it's it's really crazy like who we were two and a half years ago is really not who we are now yeah I mean we're the same people obviously but like we've both just like I feel that I've like gotten more responsible and Elizabeth's become more like open and more emotional. fun. Yeah, she's gotten more fun, and I've gotten more serious. <laughs> like we rub off on each other in that way. That's like, I think, really awesome. And of course, it's been tough. And that's why we were so lucky to have like Ambie, who's kind of acted as like our couples counselor, because who's like literally sat us down and was like, okay, these are both your guys' charts. This is what Elizabeth is working with astrolog- astrologically. This is what Seth's working with astrologically, and like this is where you're going to come together and this is where you're probably going to have issues. And of course it like reflected everything that was real. 
And now we really now now that we understand each other and where we're coming from on a level that we wouldn't even probably talk about. Like with your friends, you don't really talk necessarily fully in depth about like the way that you relate to the world all the time. Like you're really yeah. going in with someone when you become their partner. If you're gonna like you know go get serious and go deep and so now it's like we kind of know where each other is coming from which I feel like is really yeah. or like what what she shows versus what she feels and then what I show versus I feel like I think that's a really interesting dynamic that we've discovered yeah it's enjoyable I feel like with whoever I marry is just going to benefit directly from me having done this work <laughs> Grueling. yeah Let yeah I was just gonna say it sounds like this has made this business and this creative project that you guys have has made your friendships better and stronger by a lot. Definitely. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So before I ask you, I have a couple more questions for you guys specifically, and then I want to get to the questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, but these are kind of some individual questions. So Steph, I'm curious how you got started with comedy and when did you know you wanted to be a comedian? Oi. Well, um, I did stand up for the first time in 2009. I'd done UCB and, and I'd done Groundlings. Were you and living in New York or what brought you to LA? Was it comedy? I did, uh, no, I did UCB in New York and I moved to LA to act. I mean, like, like everyone does. I went to undergrad for acting and theater and I just wanted to, I always wanted to live in California. And I felt like if I didn't leave New York at the time that I left, then I'd get, like, stuck in, like, old patterns with old friends. And, like, I don't know. I just really felt a really strong desire to just become my own person. Because, you know, everyone that I, like, went to high school with or went to college with was, like, living in New York. Mm. And I was kind of just, like, I never felt my whole life until I moved to California, I never felt like I was living my own life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I always, like, I was waiting for, like, my life to start. Like, when I was living in, in college, I was like, oh, like, as soon as I get through this, my life can start. And it's like, no, babe. <laughs> my life started already. But I felt like I needed to, like, do certain things that my parents expected of me in order to be able to, like, kind of, like, earn my freedom, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I relate like, to that. If I raise a child, I will not fucking do that to them. Yeah. Um, but... So then I moved to LA and I was like doing like all that I was getting cast in was like comedy shit, but it wasn't even like TV. It was like comedy plays and like sketch troops and like all this different shit. And of course I was like in acting classes and everyone was like, you're funny and you don't even know it. And then I did um, The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. Oh yeah, I love that. Great, great, great tool I think for any artist at any point in their life. Elizabeth has one on her little side table. Um, and, you know, one of the questions that she asks is what's something that you're most afraid of? And for whatever reason, stand-up kept coming up for me. And it was weird because I'd never been interested in stand-up. Like, I'd been to a couple comedy clubs and I'd fallen asleep both times. <laughs> it just like, wasn't something that was really on my radar. And then I tried it and it just felt like really the right thing for me as a performer and as a writer in that moment. Um... And that moment that I was really head down, like, doing it and 
pretty much like lost relationships and lost friends and lost money. And I lost, I, I always say like I burned it all for that. Like I lost every material thing that I could have possibly encountered because I was just so dedicated to doing stand up and like, but for me it was really a, a, it was like a spiritual journey. It was like a journey to myself. Like, and that head down kind of lasted for like seven years. And now I don't really care. <laughs> now I feel like I kind of got what I needed out of it in a way. Yeah. And I like spoke my piece and I'm sure that when my life is different, you know, if, if I, when I, when I grow up and like have a family, like there might be new kind of um, things I'm working through that I might want to make jokes about, but I'm just not really focused on that right now because it, it stopped making me feel fulfilled and feel good. And I was like, I should listen to that. Whereas most comics would be like, that's the point. Comedy makes you miserable. Like you're supposed to be not happy. And I, I'm just like, that's not really like what I want from my life. Mm. Like I don't want to feel that way. And that's the part of like not being defined by what you do. It's like just because I'm not doing stand up every night doesn't mean I'm not a comedian. Right. Yeah. And it's always there for you to go back to, and you'll go back to better if you come to it actually wanting to do it. And exactly. And I feel like with your like shifted perspective with it it's like there's so much freedom for you now I feel like there's the universe is giving you so many opportunities because you like stopped white knuckling it mm -hmm. yeah. it's so fun to watch it it's like feels it's really the good. moment you were like I don't give a fuck yeah is when all of a sudden it's like hey can you do this show can you do this it's like pretty fabulous it feels really good it, it's tough though because it's like it's like a relationship you know and like when I tell people that I'm that I like my friend is in town, he's like, "When can I see you like stand up? Do you have any shows this week?" And I was like, "I'm not really doing it right now." And he was like, "No, man, that's terrible. You're so good." And I'm like, "I'd rather kind of know that I could do it than actually do it right now. Like, I'd rather know that I'm not doing something that I'm good at than do something that I'm good at in a way that doesn't make me feel good." Yeah, yeah, I think that's really smart and wise and helpful for anyone to hear because I think sometimes we clench onto things whether it's like you said a relationship or a career or even like not moving or like a house or just anything in life because we've defined ourselves with it or it's become part of our identity and it's really inspiring to hear you be like it's okay I'm gonna just follow what feels good and what's what is flowing for me totally and what's like fun and kind of like cunty about the world is that nobody fucking cares what you're doing yeah. Like, I mean, they care in that, like, it's great, you know, you're doing something that's, like, helping people, and we're doing something that's, like, you know, connecting with people, and, and that's great. Like, they care because you're doing that for them, but, like, whether or not you actually do it really only matters to you. And no one is having your personal experience besides you. So if you're doing something for other people because that's what they expect of you, but you're not enjoying it, like, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah, such a you good know, point. School, no one's giving you a grade on whether or not you do it. Like it doesn't matter. And it's not like I was like I was like oh I should I'm stopping comedy and I'm stopping what I'm what's making me millions of dollars. It's like no, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even really. I was making like a very small amount of money doing that. Yeah, it's a. I think it just like is a lesson and follow what is flowing. Yeah, exactly. Even yeah. if what's flowing is just an impulse at the time. Yeah, because it'll probably grow if you water it. Totally. Cool. Well, Elizabeth, I want to know what brought you to L.A., and I think that 
you, like you mentioned earlier, started working in, in style and fashion, so I'd love to talk about that a little bit. But first, you're from Michigan, and you went to the same college as me. Yes, go full green, it's tight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I hated Michigan State, by the way, but that's okay. I um, I didn't love it either, but I'm actually it, from East Lansing. So, I grew up there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I did, which is probably I, contributes to why I didn't love going to college there. But Yeah, it's a great school. It was a great school, and it was fun because all of my like best friends from high school were there, so we had fun. I actually um, went to Columbia College in Chicago for a year and a half and then transferred in because I was like, fuck this out-of-state art school tuition. Let me go in-state and just like – like ruminate on like what my and like plot what my life is going to be. That's what I felt like college was. Oh, it was that's like, so funny. I did like the same thing. I and was, it was just like, you know, I could like go home. Yeah. I had like a boyfriend there. It just like was really easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I relate to that a ton. I was all set to go to DePaul in Chicago. And, oh, nice. and I think the same thing, I think maybe from like being from Michigan, Chicago is kind of like the easiest city oh, in my mind in high school that I could like go to quickly. And then absolutely. same thing. I was like, this is really expensive. Why don't I? Ju-? And I feel like I always would have wondered what it would have been like to go to a big school that I saw all the time and all my friends went yeah. to. So I just was like, oh, whatever, let's do that. But anyway, we what made it through and uh, we're here now. So... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. When I was in, when I was at Columbia, fun little known fact, I was actually a dancer and singer in a cabaret review troupe. So like it was the time, like in the, back in the day when like Pussycat Dolls, before they were a pop act, how they were like a big Vegas club act. Oh, I didn't know that. So then there was a bunch of like copycat uh, groups. So I was in this one called the Kit Kat Honeys in Chicago. L-O-L. And thank God this was like free social media so there's like very little documentation of it um and so I did that when I was 18 and all my all the girls in the troop were like way older everybody was just like like I was like felt like I was living like a 25 year old but I was like 18 19 years old and then I had this realization I was like well slow down I can do this in my 20s yeah so I backtracked and like went to a big 10 school and and did the whole thing yeah oh that's so funny but never went to a football game just to be clear <laughs> uh Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, so then how did you get out of Michigan and move to LA? And how did did you know you wanted to get into fashion and style from a young age? When did that become part of your life? It's funny, I have this written down because I was very active in the PR SSA, push your nerd glasses up. And (laughs) what even uh, is that? Public Relations Student Society of America. And I was on the Michigan, we had the the fastest growing. chapter in the United States and I was on the board for two years so there we go oh my god and like in the graduation oh, so packet, like 17 she's like I'm gonna be on the board <laughs> and we had the um we had like the graduation Sorry. bios and at the the last sentence of the bio said uh, Elizabeth after graduation Elizabeth plans to move to Los Angeles where she um intends to do something work in a field that merges fashion entertainment and media I had no idea what the fuck that was. Like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I still have that saved because it was like this premonition. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do, but I was like, that that is what I want to do. I have yeah. no idea what the words for that. And I was actually born in Los Angeles, and then my parents didn't want to raise me here. 
So they moved back to Detroit where they were from. And so we would, but we would constantly come visit. So I just always knew I would move there. It was just kind of like the obvious next step. So like literally two days after I graduated, I moved here. And there's a ton of Michigan transplants. So it was a very easy transition. And through a friend, I had already lined up an internship that I started working in PR uh, for a, get this, a celebrity uh, award show gifting suite PR agency. <laughs> so basically, our job was to convince brands to pay money to give their things away for free to celebrities <laughs> during the height of the recession. So that was my first job. <laughs> It was so ridiculous, but it was the best crash course in how like all the underbelly of Los Angeles and like celebrity gifting and like PR and like all kind of like the grossness of it all. Like I was like, okay, I understand this. So that was really my first parlay into working and, and living in Los Angeles. And we actually moved here like the same time. Yeah, like within like the same week we figured oh, out. Wow. But you guys didn't end up meeting for a couple of years? a couple years oh wow that's so funny do you um elizabeth because for me so i still live in michigan i'm i'm moving at the end of the month to new york actually but what amazing yeah what i think for me like being midwestern is a defining characteristic to me i'm finding as i'm like about to not be in the midwest do you (laughs) ever feel like that or have people ever said that to you or does being midwestern like mean something to you Yes, I, th- I I don't really recognize it, but fellow Midwesterners and people that know me always say like, "Oh, that's the Midwestern mentality. Like you can ju- like you just have like a hustle of like a Midwestern mindset." Like yeah. I, I hear that very often. Same. You yeah. didn't say anything. I'm deliberately conscious of. Yeah, same. I think people can see it in us when we're not. Whenever I'm in LA or New York, I think it's noticeable to other people and then now I've kind of been like oh I, I get that people say that <laughs> um, like, like I always joke everything always goes back to Michigan because like every day there's just always something like I'll there, there was like a time where I wouldn't be able to walk down the street and not see someone that I like went to summer camp with at Tanuga in Kalkaska Michigan growing up like it just it's like I feel like there's just constantly a Michigan connection everywhere I turn that's so funny. I do too. And I feel like I, I'm really embracing the Midwestern part of my personality. Like I'm taking that in as like, oh, that's a defining part of how I am. And maybe it's just like being polite or like, you know, being nice to people maybe. I, I don't even know if that's like a weird thing to say. But I think when you're not in the city that you are or the area that you're from, I think it's maybe easier to notice. But I've run into people from Michigan all over too and maybe it's kind of one of those things that like I'm noticing so it's happening but um or maybe we're just manifesting it who knows (laughs) yeah well it's funny like I'm from New York and whenever I'm in California people are like you're so New York and then when I'm in New York people are like you're so California I'm like which one is it guys (laughs) yeah pick a lane that's so funny maybe I'm kind of like Oklahoma or something yeah Yeah, meet them in the middle. You can be from Michigan, too, Steph. <laughs> I love the cherry capital, Traverse City. <laughs> yeah, Traverse City is beautiful. So beautiful. Okay, so what is your, each of you, 
favorite wellnessy routine or trend or anything that you have right now or anything you think people listening right now should know about? Ooh, there's so much. Oh, Katie, that's like our wheelhouse. I know. And we can uh, refer people to like the brilliant episodes of your podcast, but if there's just something recent that comes to mind that you want to give people a little tease of here. Yeah. Well, I would say two things for me. One, I love Headspace. The app, um, are you familiar with it? Yes, love. Meditation app. There's there's a bunch of different ones in the market. That's when, that one's just like one that I've, I, it kind of came into my life at the right time when I decided that I was going to make meditation like a, a committed practice in my life, which started at the beginning of this year, actually. I really rejected the whole idea of meditating on a regular basis for as long as I could and then finally I just committed to myself and it's really the biggest gift you can give to yourself is just a little bit of quiet time mm, and Headspace yeah. has really helped me through that it's just a great modality for that and then a second one is uh infrared saunas I don't know do they have those in Michigan yet yeah I've done I've done one here and then the other time I did it was in LA but I oh, think cool. they do. Probably not very many, but yeah, they're really cool. And okay. especially here when it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the, the, my favorite thing to do when it's cold out, obviously. But um, it's just it's like a great uh, you kind of like challenge yourself. You go a little deep when, in the heat, and you just feel really good for a while afterwards. So yeah. those are things that I'm really into right now wait question was this when you guys had emma roberts on your podcast was this what you guys were talking about with her yeah shape house cool because i didn't know if shape house was that or if it was like an exercise thing oh sometimes we need to clarify yeah yeah Yeah, it's probably like just me but (laughs) it's gonna put you in um like an infrared like sleeping bag basically so you're horizontal and you can like watch tv and like do the whole thing but then also we also go to a place that um called sweat theory that's like a more traditional like sauna experience that like you kind of get super uncomfortable and it's like the least bougie of the two Mm, (laughs) but both work both you feel great in I would say that the horizontal sleeping bag with the Netflix is like definitely like a more like a dream come more true. dreamier yeah. scenario. But they're both gonna you're both you're gonna leave feeling shifted regardless. Cool. They both get the job done. I wonder yeah. I hope that they have the lay down sleeping bag version in New York because I feel like when it's, it's freezing so, they it's do a place higher dose. Oh. You have to check out it's owned by two really dope girls around our age. Oh, I forget cool. the name now but if that's that's the spot perfect okay I wrote it down awesome what about you Steph what do you think people need to know about or something that you've been excited about hmm. Hmm, what a question um well I've been doing a tarot card pull a day and I've been using this deck called the wild unknown and it's really really beautiful and she kind of does like a sort of um, new spin on the more traditional um, archetypes, at least in the major arcana. So she doesn't do, like, the royal court. She does family. So instead of, like, the king, it'll be the father, and it's kind of, like, a more chill, um, re- like, read way to read the cards. 
And it's just been like a really cool way for me, like integrating into my meditation and into my journaling to like kind of ground and center in like a theme for the day or like whatever comes up. And I'm like, okay, so what part of my life does that relate to? And like, how can I, like, it'll be, you know, if I pull a good card, I'll be excited and I'll be like, okay, it'll give me the confidence to go into what I'm going into. Or if I pull a card that's a little more challenging, I'll be like, you know what? they're right, there is something that I'm not looking at. So it's like a kind of this really cool way to keep myself in check. And there's a great book component that comes yeah. with it. So it's like a really fun way to learn the cards, to learn but them. also like go introspective and like go deep and see how it applies to your day. Yeah, I'm really into the cards. It's really cool. I feel super witchy. Um, and then other wellnessy thing. Oh, I'm a huge proponent of vitamin IV drips. And I think that people should really, when, you know, if they have a troubled immune system or if they're tired or they've been hungover, hungover or traveling <laughs> a lot or, um, you know, just generally feeling like run down or overwhelmed or overworked, I think getting a vitamin drip is like, can be extremely beneficial. Because um, sometimes some shit just is depleted and... Yeah. You know, you can meditate and you can nap and you can do all, like, the great sort of more whimsical spiritual thing. But sometimes you really do just need, like, them vitamins. Your vitamins yeah. your blood, you just need your blood to be strengthened. And some a big thing that, you know, I, I feel that I know about but maybe isn't really common knowledge at this point is, like, the level, the um, amount of people with vitamin deficiencies in America is staggering because people just aren't getting their nutrition from the food in the way that they once did because so much of our soil is stripped and so much is genetically modified and there's just a lot of like really terrible kind of components to food production these days you know like sorry you know that's why in in cereal they'll be like with it's like lucky charms with folic acid and it's like what like the fuck does like that even mean and it's like because they're trying to infuse things in places that they don't belong and by the way 50% of the population can't even absorb folic acid unless it's turned into folate so it's like there's just things that we aren't really talking about sure we know that like genetically modified food is bad and all those kinds of things but like what does that actually mean it's that we are have a population of people who are like although they're fat are malnourished Right. It's very bizarre. So yeah. I, I feel like that and obviously like the, reading the ingredients and kind of knowing what you're consuming, figuring out, I think every person when they go to the doctor, even though it costs more money, if they can afford it, they should ask for a full vitamin, I, I, a vitamin panel on their blood so they can know what their levels are. I think that's because like depression can be caused by vitamin D deficiency. Yeah, like clinical depression that is like people are putting being put on other medication for clinical depression can be caused by a vitamin D deficiency and which by the way those pills then cause other deficiencies so it's like I'm not saying you should never take pharmaceuticals I think that they are great and can help in certain ways but I just think to really know what you're dealing with before you take anything is a great place to start yeah absolutely I know that kind of intense but no it's it's good. I think it's it's like a good message for people to hear. And I've never tried 
um, IV vitamins and I'm intrigued and I feel like it's needed. I like want one right now. You told me. <laughs> I'm sure when you go to New York, you'll be able to find a place really easily. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We can help you find one too if, if you want help. Perfect. Amazing. And I'll just have to come visit you guys in LA. Win-win. <laughs> okay. So these are some of the questions I ask everyone and Steph, you started to mention this earlier, but I wrote this book about journaling. And so I, I was wondering from you guys, do you guys ever journal or process your feelings through writing? And I know as a comedian, you probably did a little bit in that way, but is journaling part of your guys' lives and how do you incorporate it? I mean, I've been like a psychotic journaler since I could write, I think. Oh, cool. Like, my first journal I think I had when I was like seven. And, you know, it's only really recently that I haven't, that it hasn't been my main tool because I've sort of delved deeper into um, meditation and sort of like list making when it comes to letting things out. Um, but I just use it as a way to work out what I'm thinking and feeling. Yeah. There's a long period of time where I did morning pages or evening pages or you know, when my family was on vacation, I would always be upstairs, like, writing in my notebook, and I have an entire, like, one of those giant bins from, like, my whole life is just, it's just filled with all my journals for my whole life, and I kind of want to burn them, because <laughs> I'm afraid that someone's going to find, like, my journal from when I was, like, 16, and be like, she's fully a psycho, <laughs> um, but the reason why I've kept them is because I've, and I've done this a few times, but I've never really fully finish the project is because I have this dream of kind of going through them and like writing a book based on things that I like said to myself but to kind of turn it into more of like a like it just like a my life in in reflection kind of thing so I've kept them for that reason yeah um, but it's such a big project every time I start doing it I'm like this is a crazy undertaking I'm not doing this yeah I bet um, I think it's a great tool, I mean, to just really get intimate with yourself and also it skims that layer of, like, your, you know, your kind of manic thinking away. Yeah, yeah, I literally say that in the book because my, my book is, a, it's 55 journaling exercises, journaling prompts because oh, yeah. I... next right now. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, it's on my desk. Um, so, you wrote a book, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my what? gosh. Thanks, guys. Yeah, but I say that exact thing that you just said about it's skimming the pond scum. Like I say, it kind of gets off that top layer of, you know, the thoughts we think on repeat and our kind of default thoughts that maybe aren't even true. Maybe are just like programming we picked up like Velcro from our family or from society. And we can get to the clear thought forms, the, you know, clear creative thoughts that are underneath all of that. And journaling lets that out of your mind. And so I love that. I loved what you said about list making and I too love the morning pages and Julia Cameron's exercises like the first exercise in my book is based off of that because I think it's just such a valuable tool. So it's cool to hear you say that. And I think going back and mining your old self's gems, you know, and finding those and, and kind of putting that into some sort of a project would be really cool. So I'm excited when you do that someday. <laughs> I'm just feeling like it's so many. It's like I feel like I should have started it ten years ago, because <laughs> now it's just like a big undertaking. But yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll do some work on that this weekend. Yeah, I've had a lot of resistance 
resistance to journaling over the years, mainly because I know it's like the one thing I should be doing daily. And one of the things that has helped me move past that, I've, Morning Pages has been a, a major tool for me. My, my perfect morning, if I want to set myself up for success, is meditate and then journal. Like if I start my morning with like, like that every morning, I am like off to the races. Obviously, I don't, I'm not that kind to myself every morning, but it is like the business when I, when I do allow that for myself. But is like I have multiple journals going at once, and I always have like markers and crayons and good pens, and just like always at my disposal. And that has really helped get rid of that barrier to entry for me. Yeah, just like setting myself up to like want to pick up a writing utensil and want to put something down on the page. Yeah, I love that, and I love that you two are both journaling fellow journaling cheerleaders and enthusiasts. I think like give everyone the gift of a journal at some point. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that write something down (laughs) and whatever I gave it to my brother and he's like started using it and it's actually so cute to watch him kind of explore that. Dear diary. I I think I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) I think they, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I love it as a tool and I think, like you were saying, Elizabeth, I think people have such resistance to it because it's spending time with yourself and it's like putting that mirror up in your face where you actually have to see yourself and, and go into the corners of your mind that we ignore in life. So it can be, you know, off-putting, but also important. Cool. Okay, so another thing that I ask people about because it's a big thing and kind of how I got into all of this is body image. So especially being, you know, people that talk about wellness and, you know, coming from a healthy standpoint, but I think body image is obviously intertwined into that, but it's also a separate thing. So being people that are so into health and wellness, how has body image come into play? And do you guys, what do you guys do if you have a bad body image moment or a bad body image day? How do you shift out of that mentally? How much time do we have? (laughs) Seriously. Wow. I mean, that is such a big topic. And I think where I'm at, but Steph and I have talked about this just in terms of for our show and and the message that we have come to in our own lives and what we want to communicate to our listeners is that, like, you know, at 32 years old, I'm just really sick of having that being a concern of mine. Like, I'm just done with it. I just want to be able to like feel good and I know exactly what I can do to feel good. And a part of that was like getting to a place where I was working out not to see results but for what it does for me mentally. And once I got into that mindset, I found myself really enjoying being active whereas before I had again a lot of resistance to that. And you know, we just want everyone to just like not feel the pressure and it's hard you know I've come from fashion I come from styling I come from creating images that are projected towards young women and that was a big realization I had to come to within myself of like 
how can I be part of the solution and not continue the problem? And that, that for me, that was representing different women of different sizes on my website and making that the norm and celebrating different figures and shapes and sizes. You know, I'm five foot tall, I'm curvy, I've got a tush. I've had like my, my own battles with self-image, but I'm like, what, what does that do to us? Like, where, what, how does that help anything? It doesn't. If anything, it's like wasted energy. So really, I guess a tool to move out of that for me was like focusing on how I wanted to feel versus the other way around. Because when you're feeling great, that just, that light projects every which way. Oh, I love everything you said so much. That just made me feel so cozy and better. <laughs> <laughs> like hit me hard. <laughs> well, thanks. Steph, um, do you have anything with that? Yeah, you know, I think that of course we're like so body positive and want everyone to love their unique figure and lean into what is given to them. And um, but I I just, I don't think it's ever possible to really fully, and I don't think it's healthy either to fully look away from, from kind of creating a body for yourself that is most comfortable for you. Does that make sense? Like, I think, sure, like, don't be unrealistic, like, don't starve yourself and don't compare yourself to other people, but, like, Everyone knows their own body. Like it's okay for you to say. I mean, and I, I, I know that people get on me about this, but like, it's okay for me to say like I feel fat. I know that it doesn't, it doesn't like value or devalue me to be like five or ten pounds heavier or lighter. I know it doesn't really matter, but at the same time, I know what makes me feel good, and like accepting and allowing that to be true, I think is huge. Mm. Like I don't want to be fit, you know, and that's okay. I do I do I think I'm ever gonna have a certain like super skinny body type? No. Do I want that? No. But I don't think that I don't think the answer to like the 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 problem of all the body pressure is just to like not do anything. Yeah. Kind of but you know what? It took me until in my I was in my thirties to even be able to like be realistic. Like five years ago I was way, way, way harder on myself. Mm, and yeah. I, I do think that's just part of like kind of growing up and like learning that like the images that are projected aren't really what's realistic and becoming an actor and living in LA and like becoming friends with people that are actors that we know and seeing either that they are fully normal in their body and that's such a relief or seeing those that are extremely thin and it's a little bit scary and that and they have this like fucking relentless attitude about being hard on themselves and thinking they're fat when they're not that's actually really not so cute. tough to watch it's like really sad cool thing ever it's, and yeah yeah from coming from fashion and, and witnessing that myself it's like people who had like that we look to for like you know I wouldn't say body positive situations but like like they have a great body I want that body like and you know them and they're like they hate themselves they hate themselves and you're just like oh my god like, <laughs> like this is so dark and then it kind of makes you check yourself and you're like wow at some point if you don't stop and appreciate what you do what's really happening like you'll become completely dysmorphic yeah and it's really really unfortunate it, it truly is so for me it's just about like 
keeping it in check, like knowing when I'm being really hard on myself and being like, okay, you're being psycho. And then knowing when I'm like, yeah, I haven't worked out in two weeks and I'm 31. So I'm going to notice that. And like, that's okay. By the way, it's completely temporary too. Like gaining and losing five or 10 pounds is the easiest thing. It's not, and it's like not ever permanent. That's something that I really like to remind myself of when I'm like feeling a certain way. And by the way, when I get, when I get really thin, I'm like, I don't know if I like the way that this looks. Then I start to be like, am I sick? Do I low key have a disease that I haven't discovered yet? Like you start to realize, like, I think what are your own like boundaries? Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's like the bottom line is like, what are your own boundaries within your own body is, and it's, cool to kind of experiment and check and figure it out and like knowing that it's always ever changing is great yeah it goes back and you're to, lovable no matter what it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning about loving yourself or else you're not going to be able to love anyone else like if you're not loving every bit of you like your relationships will suffer so that that negative speak that we're so accustomed to as women and everybody has it. And it took me, I didn't even realize that that was like a common denominator until like, you know, a few years ago. But we all have it. It's like, I want my relationships to thrive. So my relationship with myself needs to thrive too. Totally. Yeah. And I think- and I've ever met a man who was like, your body is like too like feminine and like, <laughs> it's too like soft. Boys love fupas, okay? Boys love <laughs> <laughs> boys love soft female bodies have you ever hugged like I've, have you ever hugged like a more like zoptic woman yeah, yeah it's, the, it's the most enjoyable <laughs> hug you'll ever have in your life you're like i just want to make myself a home right here on your double d tits <laughs> i'm into you exactly it's like no one and yeah but yeah i don't know it's interesting yeah it's an it's an evolving kind of conversation and relationship with yourself. I think, and at different points in your life, it it changes too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it all kind of comes down to self awareness. And I love the piece that you said about you know seeing people who you look at and and think of as beautiful, and then seeing them talk about themselves negatively. I've seen that even just with friends, and it's it's the hardest thing to see because it makes you look at yourself in, in a negative way and it's just terrible so I think that us having these conversations right now of just making people hopefully feel less alone of like this isn't just in my head because that's what I tend to think and I that's why I think I love podcasts and I love listening to other people have conversations and feel like I'm eavesdropping is because I can be like oh it's not just this like crazy thing I have in my head other people feel this way too and it, I'm okay <laughs> You know, it's funny, I just I just shot like a social media beauty campaign and they put so much makeup on me and then the director kept being like, and don't worry, we're gonna, um, she's like, don't worry. And then we're gonna like correct like all like we'll the tiny, she's like, yeah, we're just like, gonna correct all the tiny imperfections. After I had like literally pounds of makeup on my face and then I go, what do you mean? Like I kept being like, what do you mean imperfections? Like I kept like wanting to hammer that into her because it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, okay, great. I have maybe like lines in my skin like so you're going to correct that after you've already corrected it in real life with tons of makeup it's like I know this is obvious but like what we're seeing isn't real yeah like I, I and I and I you know there's this other backswing of like n- no makeup like Alicia Keys like everyone going like bare face and like all this shit that's great but it's like 
people still don't know that. <laughs> they still, they still, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of girls out there put, contouring their faces to look like people on Instagram. And it's like, honey. Keep that makeup on Instagram. Put, it's yeah, it's very scary in real sun. life. It's very like, scary in the sun. It's not good. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and it, I think that there, there is a time and a place for makeup. It's so fun. Like as women, it's like it's so fun for us. Like do our hair and do our makeup and go out. And it's like it's for you to do that. But make sure you know that you're doing it for you. Yeah. I loved your episode. One of my favorite ones was with um, – the person from Beauty RMS when you guys talked oh, about makeup. She's a legend. Oh my god. I've been using number 22, which is my favorite number, and it also happens to be the cover-up number that I use, which I like thought was really serendipitous. <laughs> and I just love her products. And I, when she was on your episode, I was so excited, and I loved the conversation that you guys had around this exact thing with makeup and touching up and models and I think it there's never too much talk of this because all day long we're seeing messages telling us that we're not good enough and we should look a certain way so it's good to have these conversations Oi. yeah okay so let's wrap up with some quick fire questions so just say the first things that come to your mind okay okay so favorite color and you guys can each choose purple pink favorite vegetable Ooh, squash. Carrot? I love all vegetables. Me too. Nice. What about fruit? Raspberry. <laughs> Watermelon. Favorite day of the week? Friday. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> or Sunday. Nice. Yeah, I like Sundays. Okay, or so. Thursday. Or Tuesday. <laughs> They're all good. They're all good. <laughs> What this is my favorite question to ask. What are your morning routines? The first three things you do when you wake up in the morning, and how do those affect how the rest of your day goes? I wake up and I walk to my front door and let my dog out. Then I sit down at my altar and decide what I want to do in terms of meditation. And then I do a bunch of that stuff for like 45 minutes. And then I feed my dog. Those are good. Yeah. Nice. Um, and sometimes I brush my teeth. <laughs> on a good day, as I said, um, waking up, I love like the meditation, uh, journaling trifecta thing, but generally, wake up, make out with my boyfriend, <laughs> brag about it, cuddle. <laughs> And um, and we we like to have a conversation about what we're grateful for that I always start, but I think he's not, but I finally got him on board for um, mm-hmm. that gratitude conversation. Even if it's just something you think about, like it's so obviously to speak it or write it down is so important. But even just like if you have the conversation, with, if I'm opening my eyes and I just think about it immediately, it's like the best way to start the day. And it used to be like making tea or coffee, but I'm off that shit right now. So it's having a glass of water. Literally thought you were about to say wine. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. (laughs) What about and that's like that's key. Yeah, I want to start the gratitude thing. That's I like that. 
it's really good. I, I started doing it a little while ago, and it's changed everything. Cool. I'm excited. I, I sometimes write it down at night, but I like the morning thing. I think yeah. it's really good. What about in the evening? What are the last three things you do before you go to sleep, and how do you kind of wind down at the end of the day? Mm. Everyone asks me how I wind down, and it's like I'm usually just so fucking tired that I just, like, am already wound down. Yeah, I usually watch some form of Housewives. I watch a lot of The Voice. Yeah, like, I'm usually, I love, like, a little TV, a little marijuana, a little, like, hang at night. Nice. That's probably my also, favorite. Also, super into essential oils right now. So, because yeah, I haven't been smoking weed, so when I am feeling, like, jittery, I'll do, I'll, like, rub my body down with essential oils and really just, like, kind of connect and deep breathe till, like, till my um, nervous system feels calm. Yeah, there's a great sleep remedy from Hope Gillerman that I love that I'll do, like, three big inhales of at night, and then there's this sleep pen from Humboldt, which hopefully... You guys in Michigan or New York will be able to get a hold of soon. It's like a great like dose pen they call it that are like totally branded for like it's marijuana. It's marijuana. Yeah. And, but it's like branded for like it's like a full marijuana rebrand. And cool. they have a sleep a sleep remedy that's like fantastic that I love. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. It doesn't actually really even make you feel high, but then like in thirty minutes you're like down for the count. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay, what is the best thing you've eaten in the last week? Ooh, best thing we've eaten in the past week. Oh, on my birthday we had a, like, delicious gluten-free pizza. And you made a really dope spread. Oh, yeah. We did I we did this um, dance class for my birthday, and then afterwards I had all the girls over, and I made, like, this huge massive crudite plate like I took this like huge wooden carving board and filled it with like all these fresh veggies yeah and then we had like all these fun dips with it fun. that was pretty fun went over really nicely oh I love that I love like having people over and having lots of snacks it was just my birthday this weekend too and I did that same thing and it's Taurus. fun to... yes Taurus I love it I saw that it was your birthday and I and I saw that we were both Tauruses and I loved it love that yeah what's one thing you wish more people knew about wellness that it's accessible that it's fun nice yes what's your greatest lesson on relationships um or my greatest lesson lesson communicate communicate and don't be codependent <laughs> <laughs> Nice. What about the greatest? Oh, would it say that again? Communicate even when it's hard. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. What about the greatest lesson on family? Communicate. Forgive them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Also, oh, I think that, like, when it comes to parent I don't have siblings so my my parents Me are my and we're both like, only children oh, <laughs> my guys <laughs> is that like we're as big of a like a lesson in our parents life as they are to us mm. right like like us being born was like as much as like a turning point in their lives and is and as much as they said a lesson and like a gift then the other way around 
Ooh. So like what so like we're part of their story in a different way that, that we're part they're part of ours. Oh wow, yeah. That's I think that's such a good point. That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately of like our parents kind of having to grow along with us and kind of meet us where we're yeah. at, even though it's not something that they would maybe want to do or think is cool because they're in a different generation than us. So I like what you said there. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Where are you guys with spirituality and God and what do you think, you know, happens when we die? Anything around that? I think at this point I've really landed on the fact that energy never dies. Mm. That's scientifically proven and it's just how I feel all around, all across the board. Nice. What about yeah. you, Steph? I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that camp in terms of death. I, I do believe in sort of like a, I mean, to label it as like God is not probably the right word because it's definitely not like Judeo-Christian way of thinking about God. But I do believe that, um, divinity is in all things mm. yeah um, I agree. like pantheism I guess would be the best way to label it um, and so that's kind of where I am with like spiritual life is regular life and like any challenge that you have in or around you is a lesson for your spirit and then in terms of death um yeah we're just energetic beings and you know I I think that I don't know about like this whole ghost thing <laughs> but we have spoken to a lot of mediums in the last few years which is interesting and Sometimes they come in really hot delivering certain messages from people that we've lost. And that's so, such a, sort of shatters any skepticism that you may have when it's true. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I'm also really okay with not knowing. Yeah. I really need to have a philosophy on death because it just is a thing. Yeah. And we can't and, control it. Yeah, and I, we can't control it, and we don't know what it is. But, you know, we've all lost someone and experienced feeling them or hearing them or deliver, seeing a message or feeling connected to them when they're no longer in their body. So I think just our own acknowledgement of that is kind of enough. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, so this question is really just a way for you guys to recommend things, but... So pretend that you're trapped on a deserted island and you can only bring with you one book, one movie, one TV show, and one piece of music or song. So just kind of recommend things in those categories. Okay, piece of music, the Rent soundtrack. <laughs> Wait, I'm obsessed with Rent. I just had on the 20th anniversary, they're like doing a tour, and the person who plays Mark Cohen was my last podcast guest because I'm so obsessed with Rent. Oh. Incredible. He's also Love from Michigan, that. by the way. <laughs> That's everything. Who is it? Um, his name is Danny, and he's, like, really great, and he we had such a good conversation, and he, yeah, he's from Michigan. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my God, amazing. Um, TV show, 
probably either the comeback or my so-called life. Oh. It's a tie. Mm. Um, book. Wow. I don't know, like Matilda or something. Like <laughs> something that'll like bring me to a happy place. Um, what was it? Book, music, TV, movie. Mov- Did I say movie yet? No, fame. That's my favorite movie. You're such a fucking gay man. I know. It's, out of- <laughs> it's literally out of control. <laughs> Everything you just said was so gay. I know. <laughs> I know. All gay men are just trying to be like me. That's it's so true. Oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay, what are the questions again? TV, uh, yeah. Movie, uh, book, music. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um. So for book, I will go either. <laughs> this is so dumb. The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, or Valley of the Dolls. Really, two different ends of the spectrum. But it, I'm just like, do I really do I want like a deep philosophical book that I can just like really chew on for the rest of my life, or do I want just like something trashy and fun to just keep reading over and over again? Just kind of the, like the two sides of my personality. So one of those. Yeah, you can um, bring both. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> um, and okay, movie. I would say, girls just want to have fun, which is my favorite movie of all time. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's Helen Hunt and Sarah Jessica Parker in like oh, no way. and Sharon Doherty in like 1988. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it like tonight. You need to watch it. It's so fucking good. It's like actually epic. Nice. Um but or I did music. TV. Music, um an album? An album, a song, whatever that you want, you know, that you love and would want people to know about and want to bring. Hmm. An album that I never tire of is probably Sublime. Sublime. Cool. Or um, fucking Beyonce's album before Lemonade, or Lemonade. God, they're both so good. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then TV show. Or um, Plastic Ono Band. Okay, sorry. This is too much. <laughs> no, this the is okay. TV show that I would want to bring the box set of would obviously be Friends. Oh, yeah. That's smart. I mean, even though it's like not like a great a recommendation for these days. Um, okay, but to recommend TV to people... Um, <laughs> What what are we watching that's like really good right now? RuPaul's Drag Race. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I really um, liked watching Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies oh, was so so good. good. Oh, I was it like the perfect thing ever. <sighs> I know. I just like so uplifted by the ending and just every yeah. part of it was great and uh, I know it's amazing. Yeah, and then if you want to know why you got to the desert island, direct yourself to Black Mirror. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I... <laughs> for answers. Yeah, for for the reason why you why you did that. That's that's how. I really need to watch it. I'm yeah, cool. It's really fucked up. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it. 
Okay, so what are what's one thing that you guys are doing that you're afraid of, but you're doing anyway? So basically, how are you, each of you challenging yourselves right now? Ooh, I just kind of the first quarter of this year was really devoted to stretches. I was in a uh, like a public speaking slash life coaching think tank mastermind group that pretty much every week we had to do something that challenged ourselves and we had, had there were six other people in the mastermind so we were held super accountable and a lot of that was um so it was a lot of little things one was like going through like all the paperwork and like contracts I had been avoiding really getting getting acquainted with for months and I sh should have known you know, the ins and outs of our, our deals. The other, you know, another thing I did was like improv classes and, and doing improv shows and like really just doing some things that felt uncomfortable. And I think anything that you have that like immediate like push of like, no, I don't want to do that. And really exploring and dissecting what that why is, is really important. And you should probably do it if you have that type of reaction to something yeah Agreed. like those stretch it's, it's called a stretch for a reason yeah cool what about you Steph what am I doing that I'm afraid of why am I doing anything I'm afraid of right now I pretty much did something I was afraid of for all of my 20s yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of just good I'm yeah kind of you're good she's <laughs> basking in the reward of that yeah I'm, I'm really living I'm really living in in the fruits of my labor and just feeling good and I guess what I was always afraid of was just being happy and now I'm there oh, oh my goodness I love that that's great so yeah oh I love that <laughs> thanks all right, you guys. Well, this has been a goddamn delay. And if I had a <laughs> podcast <laughs> that I did roses and thorns at the end, this would be my rose for the week. So I Aww. love talking to you guys. This was great. And the name of this podcast is Let It Out. So is there anything else that you want people to know that you want to let out that you just wish I would have asked you or never really get to talk about? This is the time. Well, I just want to go on public record to say that you sent us the sweetest, most thoughtful goodie bag complete Aww. with <laughs> vegan snacks from Detroit-based company. Oh my God, yes, thank you so much for and that. And that was, like, was beautiful. And so thank you. Thank Aww. you. Well, thank you. you guys. Your show, like I said, it means so much to me. And it's, like, such a delight having it come on my phone every Friday. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie. This has been wonderful. We're so appreciative. Oh, thank you, guys. I know my show is really long, so this was fun, and I feel like I could still ask you more things and, and talk to you forever. So hopefully, we can like stay friends over the internet. Yes, please. Definitely, we'll do a part two. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, have a great. I was gonna say night, but I guess it's still day there for you guys. But have a good weekend too, and I'll talk to you on the internet. Awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Alright guys, that was my conversation with Stephanie Simbardi and Elizabeth Cott. Like I said, I think the world of them and I'm so glad that they did the podcast and I think you guys will really like That's So Retrograde. If you like this podcast, you'll probably really like their podcast. 
So thank you again to Kemonami's Vaginal Kung Fu for sponsoring this week's episode. If you want to check out the course, I took it, Amanda took it, a lot of my friends have taken it. If you've been curious about yoni eggs or I don't even know what they're called, jade eggs, whatever they're called, if you want to try them and learn more about your vagina and what it means to be a woman, I, I don't know if it teaches you that, but it teaches you a lot of really cool things and there's meditations and journaling exercises and educational videos and I was so unaware of my vagina and pleasure and all of these things and Kim is so open and the opposite of me with that stuff that I've learned so much from her and particularly this eight-week course so if you do want to take it make sure you use the link in the show notes or email me about it we'll get back to you right away or post in the Facebook group about it just you know get at us and we'll we'll tell you all about it Amanda and I have both done it also, thank you to Nudu, the new sponsor who I love. Their great skincare products are amazing. It feels like you're doing a little self-care routine for yourself. Your skin will love them. They're all natural. Amanda loves them. I love them. Thank you so much for being a sponsor, Nudu. And again, they're spelled N-U-D-U. And use the code Let It Out for 20% off. And they have a 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee. So you can just try them. And if you don't like them, it's not going to cost you anything at all. So use the code Let It Out for 20% off and enjoy. All right. So you guys, I'm moving to New York uh, in not this week, but next week. So when we talk again, it will be the week that I'm moving, which is crazy. I've lived in Michigan my entire life, and I'm about to not live in Michigan. And I'm about to live in a city that's huge and maybe the biggest in the world. I think it is definitely the biggest that uh, I've ever been to and I'm excited about it but I'm scared about it and I'm nervous and I hope everything will be okay I think it will be and I still don't know where I'm living this is two weeks away from when I'm moving and I have no clue I have all of these options there's this place in Park Slope I really like there's another place in the city that I really like there are people that I want to be roommates with and I don't know what's going to work out and how it's going to pan out I'm recording this on Monday the 30th of May so I don't know and if you have any suggestions for me send them but if you send them send them very quickly because I need to make a decision and start packing like yesterday anyway I just thought I'd tell you guys that because you're my friends and uh I like you. Um, Okay, so the emoji for this week's episode is going to be the rainbow because yesterday it was so sunny and it was raining, yet I did not see a rainbow and I'd like to. So you guys can just comment them on my social media and, you know, that'll be just as good. So if you're still listening to me rambling right now to let me know that you're still listening, tweet at me. My name is Katie Dalebow, and that's also my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle, and, you know, I'm just a Google away, always, so let me know you're still here listening, and uh, send me the rainbow. I love you guys, and thank you again so much. I'll talk to you guys next week.